Good morning, everyone. It's Dr. P, and welcome to another episode of the Daily Inspirational Podcast. So today I am so excited to have on my show John Karen, the owner and operator of West End Johnny's and Fenway Johnny's, two awesome restaurants in Boston. John and I have been friends for over two decades, and it's very uncommon for us to be able to sit down for an hour or so and just, you know, talk about what's been going on between his businesses and mine. It's very difficult to take that time away. So in keeping with this theme over the past few weeks for me, which is just having conversations and interviewing people during quarantine, I thought, who better to reach out to than John? So when he agreed to sit down with me and have a conversation, I was really excited. So like anything else, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about the effects of the pandemic on his business and his personal life. But more importantly, John's an amazing storyteller because he has seen everything. He has so many influential people in his sphere of influence, and he's just a humble guy. So I asked him if he wouldn't mind coming on and just sharing some stories of inspiration and, you know, remind people of how amazing Boston is. And his two restaurants, although they're taking a beating with the other restaurants in Boston, they're really the gold medal standard, and they allow such an awesome place for all of us to go to. Uh, not only after the sporting events and the concerts, but just any time to go enjoy each other and hang out and be social. So I hope when all this is over with, you all, you know, come back out and support the Boston businesses, especially West End Johnny's and Fenway Johnny's. So I'm just going to let the mic run and you can hear our conversation. I hope you enjoy it. So, John, we've known each other now for over 25 years. Have you ever seen anything like this before? Not really. <laughs> I mean, who has? <laughs> who has? Nobody has. I mean, the amount of toll it's taken on businesses is crazy. Actually, we're sitting in an empty restaurant now, seven feet away from each other, trying to have a conversation where, man, that's something we should be doing every day in close proximity. And obviously, we're not. What kind of damage are you and your businesses experiencing now because of this epidemic? Well, there's many, many problems we're faced with, um, you know, first and foremost, no customers. Um, so we can't pay our employees. So there's a lot of people, you know, out of work and, yeah. uh, you know, people are in the process of collecting unemployment and, but it's just, it doesn't, it's not enough to pay the bills and. As, how, how many employees do you have, John? Uh, we have about uh, 75, including, you know, security. and. That's between both right. restaurants? Uh, yeah. 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 So everybody's gone. Everybody's pretty much gone, yeah. Can they come back? I mean, if this thing lifts, can they all come back or will they be committed somewhere else? Well, there's no restaurants really open, so there's I mean, really nothing else you can do, right? I talk to the staff as much as possible to, because they're like, you know, my family. Yeah, and uh, try to keep them motivated and upbeat, and um, 
you know, I mean, we're all, I try to keep myself motivated and upbeat. Um, How's that working but, for you? Well, this, you know, it's, it's hard. It's the not knowing, you know, it's not knowing. And What do we know now as far as what you've heard lately about what's going to happen, at least for your business and other businesses in Boston? Well, I mean, we're looking at a May 1st. I think the president's got to speak to opening some businesses. And, of course, that's up to each governor. Yeah. Um, and then May 5th, I think it is, the governor is going to make a speech. Now, New York has already extended their dates of uh, till May 15th, which could change, too. And, and ours could change to that as well. Or they may start the, the first phase of, of opening. Um, and, you know, the first phase, it's a step, but it's it's still not sufficient to yeah. um, to make us uh, viable. You don't really know what that's going to look like anyway, huh? Yeah. I mean, if we base it on what happened... Uh, you know, St. Patrick's Day weekend, we had gone down to 250 for Friday, Saturday, and right. Sunday capacity. You know, and we have a capacity of over 400. So, um, we're that would be nice, but uh, not smart or healthy, I'm, I'm sure. Right. We don't really know yet what's going yeah. on with this thing, so it's hard to even know. But... I'm sure that like you and, and myself, we, we try to do right by people, not only for ourselves, but I'm going to be responsible for people around me. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, um, on the 15th, the mayor had come out and said he was going to do go down to 25 people capacity. That's including staff. And with an 11 o'clock curfew. So I imagine it's going to be something like that when they open. It's going to be limited. It's going to be spaced. It's going to be... You know, everything's got to be sanitized and stuff, which uh, we're very clean anyway. Um, I, I mean, I wash my hands 50 times a day Ugh. before this. Me too. So I'm treating patients, so I know exactly know, where you're yeah. coming from. <laughs> it's constant wash and wash and wash. Yeah. You know, when the mayor said that he was going to give you tw or potentially give 25 people to come into the business, is it his call or is it the governor's call? What, what do you know? Anything? Um, I don't really. I mean, this maybe they got to work I together. Guess he's in charge of the city. Um, I don't really know what I don't know. You don't know. You know, I don't the think anybody knows. The twenty-five thing is kind of interesting because it almost seems like he's just trying to get people to entice to maybe come out a little bit, but not let them rock and roll. Yeah, and safely, and see how it goes. It's an experiment, and then. And then go from there. You know, it's not very encouraging. I wish I could be excited. I mean, I'm excited with any step that they can take to, yeah, to get us um, started to, you know, some normalcy. But, but Johnny's model, as I've said before, is um, is crowds. It's yeah. um, hockey games and baseball games and I basketball think, games. I and, think you called it good food, good good drinks. No, and good people. Great, great food. Yeah, great. Oh my great goodness. drinks, great people. Yeah. Do you miss the people? Obviously. I really uh, miss the people and the relationships you have with customers. And, you know, you've your customers become your friends and, 
Yeah. You know, you hear their stories, uh, you know, every day. And, uh, you know, I miss what's going on in people's lives. You know, we have social media now. So, um, you know, when I talk to my mom, um, you know, she's lived some of through some of these things, World War Two and, you know, some of the. Uh, and how's she doing now, by the way? Mom's great. Is and, she living uh, on her own? Yeah, she lives in the house I grew up in, and yeah. uh, my sister's uh, got in there. I was telling my sister, I said, you either got to stay or you got to go, but you can't come back and forth. Right. One or the other. So she decided to stay with her, but mom's self-sufficient. and <laughs> Your mom's a hot ticket. She's good. I was speaking to my mom before I came down today. I was in the car with my son, and and um, she said, you're going to see John. I said, I am. She goes, tell him I miss him and give him a big kiss for me. Because my mom is your mom's age. Your yeah. mom, Charlotte's what, 91? Yeah. Yeah, my mom's 92 coming up. And these ladies have lived through everything, haven't they? Yeah. I mean, they've seen a lot. So. They sure But the have. thing is, the difference from now till from now um, till what they went through back in the day, they didn't have TVs and, you know, they had a radio on, on occasion yeah. and, um, and nothing else. So this would have been a different for them in, in the old days. Cause they wouldn't be over informed, yeah. <laughs> which I, I think mean, we all are. People say that went through world war two, you know, they had to stay in their homes and whatnot and they didn't have anything. Now you have Netflix and everyone's oh god has my, all these outlets. My mom can. still buys dented cans from back in you know 1930s during the depression. Yeah, that's how her brain works. You know, anytime she can get a deal, I'm, wow. like, I'm like, so one day she came home before Thanksgiving and she brought like I don't know ten cans of pumpkin, and I'm like, why do we need ten cans of pumpkin? Well, they're on sale. I go, yeah, but you don't need ten cans of pumpkin. Yeah, but they're on sale. Yeah. I go. Oh, okay. There's the 1930s coming back again. I try explaining that to my mom. It's not a sale. You buy what you need. They buy what you need to be done with it. Just like toilet paper. I actually bought toilet paper the other day. <laughs> I went to BJ's. I was picking something up and they had toilet paper. So I thought, oh, I'll buy toilet paper. I don't know. I mean, I can't imagine the toilet paper needs for a business this size if it were to open yeah. and they were still doing that. You better yeah. put out a sign. You better poop before you go. I got here. lots of toilet paper. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, if... Uh, they were talking in Cambridge about selling groceries out of stores and out of restaurants. Out of restaurants, And yeah. um, you have to get a license for it and you have to apply for it. And, you know, I think they'll readily give it just like the beer and wine if you're doing to-go. Now, I don't know if that changes if we're open doing to-go. Then sending it, alcohol out with it? I mean, if we could, if they say 25 people, it really doesn't make much sense. Um, you know, the staff on and the food and you know how much food are we going to sell are we going to be wasting food um how much to go will we get if we could do wine and beer to go with to go food and being open and having some customers and um and if you could sell groceries you know if someone need oh you get a gallon of milk or yeah half gallon of milk or do it all at once if you have any green peppers or whatever <laughs> then so what is it? something. Is that something that just came up? Because one of my patients told me about that yesterday and said that. Yeah, I just Boston, heard it yesterday. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it's going to happen or not. I don't think it's in Boston yet. I think that was Cambridge and Somerville or something. I mean, what would you send? Beer out or bottles of wine? You can sell bottles or cans of beer and bottles of wine or. Oh. Yeah, I think that's it. I don't think you can do Jameson. 
your favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's in a bottle of a fifth of Jameson out there. But it does make sense that any way you can to keep the business moving, it would be nice to open it, wouldn't it? Even with there's only 25. I know it stinks that financially it's probably not in your favor to be open when you're, if you got yeah. food that might be spoiling. Yeah. I don't know if it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to. Well, you've never tried it. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, if you look around the neighborhood, there's a homeless guy over there on the steps and. Yeah. It's hanging out. And that, there's not many people. So if there was businesses open, I mean, Abampan is next door to us and they do to go food every day of the year. Yeah. They're closed. They're closed. I just saw so, that. Yeah. All the way down Portland street. I just looking and I'm like, Oh, look at all these businesses. They're getting racked. This is seven elevens open. That's it. Um, yeah, that's, that's not, that's just unheard of. Halftime pizza closed. The bank's closed. CVS is open. Nothing else is open. I mean, we could certainly appreciate your pain because most of this incredible business, both of them are predicated on the sport industry. Number one with all those sports. And we were supposed to have some Bruins playoffs and Celtics playoffs right now. This would have been, this would have been pretty awesome for you. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Red Sox start up this time of year and we have the marathon. marathon. Yeah. And then, you know, it's quite often where we're at Fenway during the day and then, um, well, myself anyway, and then come over here in the evening Yeah, and um, get ready for the playoffs, Bruins and Celtics. And uh, our model is crowds, concerts, uh, parties, functions, nightlife, brunch, all with lots of people. So both of these restaurants, I mean, obviously, well, obviously I'm telling you, I've been to these restaurants so many times. I love them both. The food is amazing, but more importantly, I think to your statement earlier, it's about the crowd. It's about the people. I mean, you certainly don't want to go to an empty restaurant and you know, yeah. it, it doesn't make any sense, but when it's packed, it's awesome. And I'm like, there's definitely a difference in the vibe between Fenway Johnny's and West End Johnny's. Um, you've got Celts and Bruins going on down here. You got concerts and uh, you know Red Sox games going on down there. A concert series that should be happening all summer too, but it, that's not going to happen either for anybody. Yeah, I think they were up to fourteen, <laughs> the most they've ever had scheduled. And did they cancel those? Nothing's been canceled yet. Lady Gaga was June twenty first, and um, they've move that to July 21st I believe and nobody's canceled so I mean I think Hoping I don't think anything best. will be canceled <laughs> until you know it needs to be you know West uh, not the West End but over at Fenway's a lot of the people that actually perform come to your business yeah we get uh, we get a lot of a lot of people uh entertainers and uh, I mean that's kind of our thing since we've been open uh, I love how humble you players. are just some entertainers yeah just the Billy Joels of the world <laughs> you know well we haven't had Billy come on we'll get him next he's coming you know you've had some incredible I don't want to say uh, fortune you've been who you are and what you've created has really resonated all the way through this town and certainly you know, I've been able to witness it all these years and I'm like, these businesses, this one here especially, this one is awesome because some of the greatest memories with my son Lorenzo uh, were here and my family. You know, do you, obviously you remember this, but uh, during the marathon bombing, the first thing that happened afterwards was the Bruins game against the Sabres. Were you there when Renee allowed everybody was, to sing? Yeah, 
Yeah. What was that an amazing moment or what? Yeah, it was pretty incredible. That was incredible. Uh, very moving and you know, everyone, even the players are crying. Yeah. I think of that day when I came here first, I called you in the afternoon and said, John, I want to come in early today. You're like, listen, I got a, something happening here. It's the, um, uh, what do you call them? The, the season ticket holders. We're having a little shindig for them downstairs. Oh yeah. But you're welcome to come if you want and you could join them. So Lorenzo, my son and I, who was, I mean, he was probably eight or nine with his jersey on and ready to go. We came down, we had pictures with, you know, the, the, uh, the, uh, what do they call them? The Bruins girls. We had a ball. So while we're on the way down there, then there's helicopters and then there's, you know, armored vehicles. Yeah. And there's SWAT guys on the roof. I was like, it, it was surreal. I mean, this is surreal right now, but that moment, yeah. <laughs> holy crud. Yeah, that was something. I had no idea how amazing that night was going to be. And, you know, and it was always said, well, they lost the game. And I was pretty moved by the loss of the game because I'm a serious Bruins fan. But they said, listen, in a number of years, that will never even be on. It won't even be the part of the conversation. It'll be about what happened when Rene Rancourt sang that song yeah. and stepped back. Yeah, pretty incredible. That was so unbelievable. And my son was standing on the uh, the chair in front of me. And I had my arms around him singing with everybody else. And the sound was amazing. And I could feel his heartbeat while I was holding him. And when it was over, I said to him, did you sing? He says, I sure did. I yeah. was like, ah, oh, what a night. And after pretty that game awesome. was over, right back to Fen not Fenway's, but right back to West End. Because West End has always been a place where you're welcome. You should put that out there. Maybe I'll coin that. This is a place that you're always welcome. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> right? Look at the downstairs you built. I mean, those, those, the blue room and what do you got? Red room over here as well. Yeah. I mean, you've had so many different people in here. Why do they keep coming back? I mean, we just, uh, it's, it's a fun place, you know? Well, uh, we, we have good food, uh, at a, at a good price it's you know it's fresh and uh it is good um it's just not all fried stuff you know generally when you go near a stadium in any city you go to it's it's um you know chicken fingers and nachos you know we don't generally do that um 14 and under you can have chicken fingers yeah uh not like being in pittsburgh at Primanti brothers huh yeah Primanti <laughs> brothers is really good yeah yeah. Did you we go there when we were there? I don't remember. Uh, I did. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Did you? I don't remember. I think I might have been a little confused if you that's, catch my drift. <laughs> yeah, that's no, that's definitely. Uh, I go there every time I'm in the city. Yeah, you have Matter to. In fact, Pittsburgh, you were talking about the um, marathon bombing. It was soon after the night uh, that the Zanaya brothers. Um, oh, God, yeah. Uh, went on their rampage that evening. Um, the Bruins were to be playing um, the Pittsburgh Penguins, and they were in town, and they were in lockdown at the um, hotel over um, in Cambridge. No, right over the, at the Common, uh, not the Hilton, but uh, maybe it's the Hilton. Um, right on the Common, anyway. Okay. Not Four Seasons, but um, the new one down by the Lowe's Theater. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, so they were in town, and a couple of the guys uh, were texting me and said, what's going on at your, your restaurant? I says, I am. I'm actually getting doing some stuff. Um, I'm here by myself. Uh, I had to go to the bank, and uh, we were waiting to see when we were going to open. And they, um, there was a playoff game in uh, 
I think it was the Capitals were playing Blackhawks or something, and that game was on, and they said, oh, well, we're in lockdown, but if we could sneak out and get a ride over there, maybe a cab or something. Did they um, come? Could we, we hang out a little and watch a game? I was like, sure. So three or four of them came over, and um, we sat right here, actually, right, right in this very seat. Yeah. And we had the game on the TV in front of us, and then – um, a flash came out, a uh, news flash came over the game. So we put the other TV on over there and, um, they had, uh, shot the, the police officer over at MIT. And, right. um, so everyone's chin just dropped and, you know, we were sitting here in disbelief and we're drinking some wine and, and then that happened. And then it, it changed from a little bit of fun to back to turmoil yeah you know? very heavy and then we watched it unravel and then they went into you know watertown and yeah you know that whole thing so that was later though wasn't it was that like friday or thursday or friday after the didn't they have a couple of days where they were st everything was locked and they were yeah everything was locked down there was no yeah. games and they were waiting to see when they were going to play that's why they were right on hold and, man uh, think of the difference the dichotomy now between that lockdown and the one we have now I mean, that one lasted four or five days and people were struggling then. Yeah. We're on four or five weeks now. And yeah, you weren't locked down at your home in, you know, where everyone's right. from. It was mostly the business. The city was mostly locked down yeah. and, yeah, you know, know, everyone was on edge. But, um, you know, I mean, where they say it now, we're under attack, you know, now it's just a uh, different enemy. Yeah. Yeah. It's the virus. Did you go to the game? When Poppy gave the speech at on on the uh, before the game about this being our bleeping city, yeah, that was pretty incredible too. I mean, there's there's a lot of those moments. Um, uh, when they had the trophy and put it down on the marathon, yeah, uh, oh, with the with the shirt and everything, finish line there, yeah, that was pretty awesome. And you know, Boston's had a lot of moments over the years. Um, you know, when the Patriots come out on the field. Yeah. On opening day, uh, you know, of course, your memories are after the tragedy, the next season of this team or that team, then everyone's um, memorializing and right. celebrating, if you will. Yeah. The memory of, you know, Boston Strong and all that. It was very powerful. I, I was so moved when Poppy gave that little impromptu. I get misty thinking about it now. Me too. I just like I had to stop for a second and just let it let it pass. I don't even want to. I mean, that guy, if if we don't love somebody, if you're going to love somebody in New England sports, you got to love Big Poppy. I mean, yeah. he's the guy that when he come out and he said that it was so heartfelt. It wasn't something that it sounded like he was looking. I'm going to say this. He's just out there speaking to us. And, you know, they always say like when other athletes come in or an athletes come in from foreign countries and different environments and they make Boston their home, they always say like, you know, this is my home. This is great. You know, Ray Bork, he loves it here. And so does Chara. But when Poppy said that, like, this is our bleeping city and he was now a citizen of the United States. I mean, I believed him wholeheartedly. Oh, yeah. I mean, people were crying. They was just like, wow, I think about it now. I'm like, yeah, I, I miss that. And yeah. so does this restaurant, right? You're yeah. like, son of a gun, those moments. But how fortunate are we living 
in this city with all of the success that our sport teams have had and all the joy that the that the fans got from all of that and then we'll continue yeah, to get. I mean your sons had a what a ride and you know we didn't have this growing up but um, <laughs> we you know, sure did to be part of it you know later on in life but if you're a kid I mean you know everybody says that all the time it's all you know is winning and I know. And then, you know, these kids, those kids go off to other, other schools, right. Or out of state schools. And then they're like, Oh, you know, I'm a, uh, a twins fan. I go, good luck with that. (laughs) Those times are past, you know, they're like, Oh, you're from Titletown. That's where I'm from. Yeah. We're so fortunate. Yeah. People don't like us. Hey, do you think we're going to be, uh, what's it going to be like with post Brady syndrome now? What do you think? Um, I mean, you move on, you know, not to sound like Bill, but, but it's tough. But it is tough. I mean, who doesn't like Tom? And he's still going to root for Tom down there, you know, just not if he's playing us. Right. Um, do you think, I think, I, maybe this is a rhetorical question, but do you think that as his career winds down, that he's going to come back here at some point to address the fans and to be part of the celebration of being the greatest of all time? Maybe when he gets inducted into the Patriot Hall of Fame or something. Do you, I guess maybe the question I'm asking you, John, is do you think he's has do you think some of the fans feel a little tainted as a consequence of him leaving? I mean, I don't think so. Um, they love Tom. They love Bill. They love the Patriots. They love Mr. Kraft. They love all that. Tom's going to come back. I don't think there's going to be any booze the first game Tampa's playing here. Yeah. Um, that's actually coming up, isn't it? Next year, not this year, but the year after. I think they. Uh, well, actually, I don't, they, uh, I don't know when. I, don't, I think they're playing that conference at some point. And who knows if there's football? Another, yeah. you know, I mean, question mark. Is, we don't know what's going to happen there. Are they going to be playing? Yeah. Oh, crazy. It's yeah. I wish I could be more upbeat. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know, for at least for my people at home, some people that don't know your story. You didn't, I mean, you're from this area, obviously, but then you branched out to California. Melrose, yeah. Yeah. So from Melrose, you played football at Melrose. Yeah. By the way, throw out a, a quick uh, how to do this to the boys because they, they did a great job this year, huh? Yeah, they won again. They uh, won a state championship? Twice in three years, yeah. That's pretty amazing. Pretty incredible. How many games did you go to, by the way? Um, I went to a lot uh, towards the end of the season. The beginning of the season's tough because of the Bruins are starting up and the Celtics and uh yeah. You know, I went to all the playoff games and Thanksgiving, I go no matter what. That's that's my, I don't have to work Thanksgiving anyway. Right. Uh, what what was their response to having you there? Did they love having you there? Because they saw you, I mean, you posted so much of their stuff. That's how I learned about the guys. Yeah, I mean, they're all my friend's kids or. Next generation, so Or the coach, you know, I uh, was a teammate and uh, his brother's friends and. Yeah. Um, you know, all of my younger friends that played, you know, it's the alumni and, you know. It's, kind of, it's the next generation, brother. Yeah. Yeah. But you're all teammates no matter what year you played. Yeah. And, you know, a good bunch of guys. It's kind of like a fraternity when you play a sport like that, like football. Yeah. You know, once you played football in Melrose, like I played in Hudson, you're part of My son's there now. He's going to be a senior playing football there, taking yeah. after the old man. But he'll probably be better than me, which I hope. Yeah. Which would be great. But so, John, when you're out in L.A. and you come back here, you hook up with the Sox. What's that all about? Um, well, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And, um, you know, being in sports for a short time in L.A. and being exposed to 
uh, both the, the Kings and the Lakers and uh, a unique um, situation that I had in um, uh, just over the two seasons that I was there. I just had a lot of fun and got to do so many cool things. It's L.A. Uh, <laughs> you know, the Playboy Mansion and um, just... <laughs> Just fun parties, and every day there was someone else at the game, and you'd be in the forum club after the game, you know, partying with uh, everybody, Jack Nicholson or Muhammad Ali, or oh whoever. It's like pretty incredible. Did you find yourself in rooms with some of those people? Oh yeah, you're right, right there, and uh, part of it uh, was pretty special. So how do you go from that and all then, the way out to here? Well, then I came back and um, I had an injury and um, I decided uh, more homeless people. Yep. Unfortunately. Neighborhood's quiet. Yeah. Um, but I came back and then discovered that maybe that was my thing. And geez, if I could have what I had in L.A., uh, even though I was on the entry level out there, that maybe I could get in with one of the teams here. So I applied and uh, I heard back uh, from Johnny Busick who was uh, handling uh, marketing and travel and whatnot at the time yeah. and I still have his letter and he's a good friend and uh, we've joked about that over the years the that chief he, he didn't hire me <laughs> right. and then um, um, with the Patriots uh, the Sullivans were there uh, back then and um, I don't remember who I interviewed with there, and I got a nice letter saying at this time they didn't need anyone. And then I interviewed uh, with a guy, Steve Riley, from the Celtics, um, who was director of tickets, um, and Red Auerbach and oh. got to meet. So the first interview, I went in there, and the old office um, in the building connected to the garden. There was a little tunnel going next door, and that's... Um, where the offices were, and I remember walking into the circular uh, front entryway, and it was green Celtics logo on the floor. It was pretty, pretty incredible, and sitting there just nervous as hell. And then uh, <laughs> yeah. you had the interview, and then got to meet Red, and and they didn't have a position at the time, but they liked me and said, if as soon as something opens up, um, we'll uh, we'll be in touch, you know. So, what was that like meeting Red? Uh, I mean, it was pretty awesome being a kid from here and the old garden and God, yeah. all the games and, you know, and it's as large as you get. I forgot all about him until you just said it. I'm like, personality. Oh. There's a nice picture of right over there looking up at the rafters of the, the old garden oh, yeah. uh, around the corner there yeah. with the cigar oh, yeah. and the smoke coming up. It, um, it's pretty awesome image. And... Um, and then the Red Sox uh, had applied and um, never heard back. And I kept calling and calling and uh, never got any reply. And until one day I got a call and this guy, Larry Kankrow, who um, is still still there uh, after this many years. And um, he's a vice president. And he um, said, oh, I've been trying to get a hold of you. And I was like, no, you haven't. <laughs> Uh, but he said, well, why don't you come in for an interview? So I, I went in and, um, he said, we really didn't have anything, but we'll try to work you into the 
mix. So I started there in marketing and advertising. And um, the first month I sold advertising with Johnny Pesky. That was pretty, <laughs> pretty cool. <laughs> you think? Uh, pocket schedules, programs, ads, and yeah. stuff like that. And uh, that was pretty awesome. And then different things happened while I was there. Someone left and I took over the um, the roof. Um, the suites and then it just kept kind of growing and then the locker rooms and the offices and the stadium and then um, it was it was pretty cool what was your title there at your highest level I mean it yeah it changed many times uh, property manager I had functions I had I don't know it, it changed you pretty much did a it bunch all of times yeah yeah I was very fortunate to, uh, you know, just walk in and visit you sometimes in your plush office. Yeah. Remember that beautiful office of yours? <laughs> yeah, it was pretty small. It's hard to believe a lot of these pictures were in there. If you look, they were at the on there. Pictures. Sure, absolutely. I remember just sitting there. there. And for those who don't know, it was just a broom closet. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty, uh, pretty small. It was pretty but small. I've had so many people in that. Uh, Bobby Orr um, Reebok suite was on the left side, and my yeah. office was there, and. Bobby Orr would go down. It was L12 halfway down. Um, it was previous, prior to that, it was uh, Nissan Bread. Oh, yeah. And um, and then Reebok was in there, and uh, they were special friends. And uh, so Bobby Orr was also friendly with them, and he would um, occasionally have to get out of there. Just, I mean, he's the nicest guy, the best ambassador for the game. Yeah. He'd never turn a person away for a picture or an autograph or anything. But, you know, like everyone, you want to get away from it for a little bit. So he'd come down my office and be like, oh, you're in. Mind if I sit oh, here, you know? That's awesome. And he'd come in and sit and there'd be some of the kids working for me and they'd be sitting on the floor or on the furniture and we'd have the game on and he'd be talking about whatever and the kids are all like <laughs> mouths open just you know listening and going uh, yeah uh, when he asked them a question you know people wouldn't be able to talk and you know just a cool guy isn't he the and, most uh, humble man yeah i love him my daughter and i were doing the all this social stuff and we we're at home and i have um uh, a puzzle uh bobby orr 1976 it had never been opened it was in a canister so I opened up the canister and her and I worked on it for four or five hours till we got it done. And I'm going to mount it in my studio. My yeah. brother's got this way to do it. I'm like, oh, Bob, you're all oh my God. Yeah. The Big Bad Bruins, a little quick one for you. Big Bad Bruins back in the late 60s, right? 69, 70. And when they start making the run for the cup, one of the gentlemen that's playing there is Tommy Williams. And Tommy Williams was the he was a first American born player in the NHL. He played in the 60 Squaw Valley Olympics when they won the gold. And um, so he was living in Hudson much of his career while he was raising hell down here with the Bruins. And he got traded the year that they won the cup in 70. So he had a daughter that I was dating for a bit. And every Thursday afternoon, I would go to Tommy's house and we'd smoke a big stogie out back by the pool. And he would tell me these stories wow. that nobody was going to hear, right? Other than people who were in it. So I said to him, you know, I... I feel a little off saying this to you, but I have the picture of Bobby and I 
just wanted to know if you could get it signed for me because Bobby Orr and Tommy Williams were very, very close, mm. very, very close friends. I got some great pictures of them on the ice together. Bobby getting ready for a uh, face-off. Oh, not Bobby, uh, uh, Tommy for a face-off and Bobby standing behind him. Really cool stuff. So he said to me, Pete, um, why don't we do this? Next Thursday, I'm meeting Bo- Bobby in town for lunch. Why don't you join us? And I, 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 cu- I couldn't control myself. I'm like, let me get this straight. I'm going to have lunch with Bobby Orr and Tommy Williams. He goes, absolutely. So I'm so excited. I tell the whole world. And tragically, Tommy Williams died that weekend. Oh, my God. I didn't expect that. I didn't either. He had a heart attack. He was a wonderful, wonderful man. I loved him. He was just a man full of life. And when he talked about Bobby and the Bruins and the fights and the party and in the, in the yeah. victories, I was like, Whew. and I think back now, I still have the Bobby Orr outfit. And if you remember back in like 69, 70 or yeah. 71, I have all of the equipment. I still have the helmet and all of the, uh, yeah, I got the stick. You kid, do too. <laughs> kids stick. Yeah. You know, speaking of sticks, he gave me that one there. Is that, that's Bobby's Victoriaville. Yeah. It's all taped and it's got his number printed on the, Number and name. It says four or on the. Do you know if you ever used on it on the shaft? Um, I mean, it's a little scraped on the on the bottom there. Yeah, but uh, it's funny know, it's cool when stick. my daughter and, and I. The would, tape is the tape is tarnished a little, so it looks like it's been roughed up at the end, right? Maybe it was used in maybe. his driveway. Who knows? With, with his kids or his grandkids? But, uh, no, I. Yeah, it's it's a great. It could have been a practice stick or something. It's funny because it says Victoriaville. And when I had just finished that puzzle, I was looking for clues on how to put the, the pieces down. And I, I saw the LLE. And then it all came to me. You know, he wasn't using power sticks. They were using Victoriaville. And so was I. I was playing pond Like hockey. everyone, that's what was out there. That's what was Christian out there. Christian was after that. And yeah. Oh, my God. I know. Just way too much fun. And, you know, and I, I, I could probably sit here for 10 hours to all of the stories that you've had, but it all kind of comes back to the same thing that you have always seemed to be since I've known you for 20 plus years, you've been at the epicenter of everything. It's always been around you some way, or you've been in it one way or another. Uh, You're like, no, I don't think so, Pete, because I'm too humble. No, I don't know. No, I mean, I just like people. I mean, it's nice, you know, um, you know, a lot of the people happen to be, you know, entertainers or or athletes or whatever, and they're good people, you know. Um, one of the reasons, you know, West End and Fenway, you know, I like having the Bruins coming in after games and for nightlife. And, uh, you know, I did uh, this podcast with Bob Ryan and uh, um, a few things that, you know, I didn't get to say on there. Yeah. Um, but like Peter, the owner of the Fours, was saying how the players used to come in back in the day and, you know, many of that many of those players things are on the walls and he said you know that doesn't happen anymore and you know i didn't get into talking about johnny's now but you know it's different um back when larry bird would go in to get a burger and you know they have a cool thing where they name you know the bobby Orr and the yeah larry they bird name the food the sandwiches after and whatnot and um you know the players come in here for food as well but they they come in for the nightlife so if they if there's a victory you know, that evening and um, they go, we eat because uh, we're not serving food to, at that time when the game gets out. Yeah. We're already into the nightlife and, you know, the guys come in and, you know, people like like seeing them. And, uh, 
And the so, patrons are pretty respectful of that, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, Boston's a hockey town. So if you got Tory Krug or McAvoy or, yeah. or, or any of the guys, you know, Pasta comes into brunch all the time, many times by himself on Sunday, reggae brunch. And yeah. Sometimes with his mom when she's in town or, you know, people bring their families and make reservations for their families during the playoffs, you know, and so that's cool. Um, you know, in 2018, I had uh, um, a call. We were playing the Yankees. <clears throat> well, not we. The Red Sox were playing the Yankees uh, that weekend series, and uh, there was a game Friday, and then Saturday was a late game. It was going to be an 8 o'clock, so I was like, oh, great, I'll sleep. My phone's ringing at like 9.15, and I was like, who the hell's calling me? And I look, and it's 9.17, and I said, oh, that's New York. Could that be? And um, so I answered the phone. I'm like, hello. And hello. Oh, you're sleeping. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to bother you. And then and it's like, no, no, it's okay. I'm awake. No, I'm sorry. I'll call back later. And then I was like, no, it's okay. I'm up now. Who's this? Um, and he's like, oh, it's Spike Lee. And I was like, huh? <laughs> Who is it? <laughs> and he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I can call you back. He's like, I hope you don't mind. The Red Sox gave me your number i wanted to dine with you tonight and i was like oh okay i said uh, how many what time i was like that's cool so um you know he told me two at five thirty or whatever and yeah. i said all right cool we'll we'll see you this evening so he came in and i've never been a big fan of him just because of you know he's such a big new LA, york knicks uh, no yeah. he's a knicks fan was oh, he a knicks fan yeah huge yeah. knicks fan no matter if there was a story recently about about that too where they wouldn't let him come in an entrance down there anymore in New York, but uh, anyway, so he showed up and uh, he was with his, a friend from uh, a movie, another movie director from Martha's Vineyard or whatever, one of his friends, and they came in. So there was only two of them. We sat him back in the Hollywood area in the back, and uh, uh, they ate and had a couple drinks, and they were talking, and I had him sign the wall. You know, we have everyone sign the wall, like Bobby's painting right behind you there yeah. you know all the guys come in every time there's a new Bruin or an old Bruin that hadn't been in they they sign it they sign it so you did uh, that down the other restaurant too and we do that yeah we have the big weei billboard that used to hang up in joe castiglione's booths yeah um so that's the thing everyone signs it matter of fact joe castiglione had never signed it because it was in his booth and so when he comes in and dined the first time he came in i had him sign it and he said can you believe it <laughs> Joker, you know, his tagline, you know. Is he great or what? Yeah, he's just a he's awesome. incredible guy. I've known him since day one, too. Yeah. And I met so many good people back. But uh, so Spike came in and, um, you know, he just couldn't have been any better. He was really nice. And I said, oh, well, let's please. Uh, I said, I'd like to buy your, your dinner and drinks, you know. And he said, oh, thanks. You don't have to do that. I appreciate it. And he said, oh, I have a. Now I know when I'm coming in for the Yanks games, you I know, know I have a place. I know where I'm, I'll be going. Yeah. So I was like, cool. And then, um, so he signed the board and he said, um, the People's Republic of Brooklyn, because he's a proud Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, and it, duh, D-A, People's Republic of Brooklyn. And he signed it Spike Lee. So that was cool. Yeah. And uh, he couldn't have been any nicer. He tipped the girl a hundred dollars that's great. So that was cool. Um, that's kind of like what this place 
has always been. You, even when the Bruins come in sometimes and they just sit on the couches, just hang out. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. You know, and these guys are Canadians, most of them. They come down here and they're just regular guys like us. Yeah, foreign, like, foreign guys. and Yeah, I like know. to see that. I mean, I think it's amazing, let it's alone cool. all the philanthropy they do. You know, they help everybody. Yeah. We had, uh, it was an early Celtics game, early afternoon game, so it got out like 8 o'clock and um, talked to Scal, and uh, I just shot him a text, and I said, oh, what are you doing in the early game? Why don't we, uh, you want to eat? So he was like, yeah, cool. Uh, I'll be over after. So they, they came over and we sat on the couches and, you know, Scal's more popular than he <laughs> than was anybody, back right? in the day. And yeah. he's, he's in my commercials as well. I see him and Lou in your commercials all the time. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we've had some good people in the commercials. But uh, so he came over and we were just sitting there eating on the couch and, you know, all the nightlife was starting to come in. The game had already ended. And so some of the fans from the game, but then kids that didn't even go to the game they they're all start coming in so he's very we call him snapchat scal he sticks out though doesn't he and yeah and everybody wants to snapchat with him you know they want a picture <laughs> and a quick vid you know or whatever so is he cool about that cool oh yeah he's just yeah he's like bobby or in that respect he's yeah. very good with fans. he's in his element i'm sure when he's with the fans yeah yeah and you know you can't Back in the day, you know, Cam, one of, being one of my best friends, uh, we'd go out to eat and, you know, we'd be in a steakhouse and literally in the middle of cutting a steak and the woman would come up with two kids and say, oh, sorry, I don't mean to bother you, but, uh, and I'm saying to myself, well, you don't mean to bother. You just led with that. But you, you're bothering. <laughs> right. Like, why wouldn't you wait till after a dinner or, right. you know, before they sat down or whatever, or when you see them get up? You know, yeah, just when he's about to cut moment, into his steak. But, uh, <laughs> so, you know, he was uh, he w he was good too. But uh, I just watched his, uh, you know, his induction ceremony was on Nesson, and then about his whole career. Yeah. I mean, I was there. I went to all the games, but I I was in a different headset then. He oh, was yeah. a tough son of a biscuit, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, uh, I was the uh, I was the first person. Uh, other than his agent um, and maybe one or two people like to actually meet him. Uh, his agent was Mark Peroni, who was uh, agent for uh, a bunch of my friends. Mark Kumpel from Wakefield was on the Olympic team and went yeah. on to play for the Nordiques in Winnipeg. <laughs> and um, he called me and he said, geez, I got this kid that just got traded. I want to come to the Red Sox game. It was a Saturday game. And uh, he's like, I don't need tickets or anything. I have tickets. I just want to bring them, bring the kid. And uh, if you could, you know, just make them feel welcome and whatever, come say hi and whatever. And there was no cell phones then either. So I said, yeah, let me know when you get to the ballpark. So they went to the service gate and they called my office and said, yeah, we're down here, blah, blah, blah. And I said, like, okay, I'll be down in a few minutes. So I come down and I met and he said, oh, this is Cam Neely. And I'm like, yeah, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was nice to him and, uh, and he was cool, you know, and, um, I said, all right, well, you know, go out to you. The game was going to start. I said, go out to your seats and, uh, you know, nice meeting you, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So then around the third inning, I happened to be back in my office. The phone rings. It was the service gate. They said, oh, this guy's back with that, the other kid. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll, uh, uh, give me a few minutes. I'll come down. 
or um, I forget, or security brought them up or something. I forget. No, uh, they were down there. So I, I said, all right, I'll come down. So I go down there and uh, Mark was like, oh, um, uh, I hate to bother you, but I got to get out of here. Um, could Cam stay with you? And I was like, uh, well, I'm, I'm working, you know, there's a game going on. And um, I said, I guess I could sit him in my office or something. And I was like, <laughs> all right. And it's kind of, and I didn't know the kid. So it was like a little awkward. Yeah. So I said, all right. So we went back upstairs and um, I sat him in my office and there happened to be a sweet Coca-Cola's box was open. The people weren't there or whatever. They had all this food and stuff. So I was like, Cam, why don't you sit in here and, uh, you know, you can eat the food. It was by then it was you know, into the fourth or inning yeah. or something. So no one was going to come. So I was like, you can sit in here by yourself and, uh, you know, have something to eat, grab a beer or whatever. So, right. He sat in there and the game ended and he comes down my office, which was just a couple doors down from there. And, uh, you know, the game ended and I was busy for a bit. And then he's like, okay, what, what are we going to do now? And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> are we becoming besties he's like, already? Well, what do you do? Uh, you know, after a game, you go out or whatever. And I was like, yeah, we usually go out to the cask or baseball tavern or all the above, you know, who's on first. So he's like, oh, can I hang out? I was like, yeah. So I think we did in that order. We went to um, the cask and had a few beers. And um, then we went to the Jimmy Rooney's baseball tavern that the original one yeah. and um, spent some time there. And then we were coming back to go um, up Yaki Way and uh, went to Who's. And then by then we were on our way. Uh, feeling pretty good. And <laughs> how old was he then? Uh, well, let's say I was twenty. He was twenty-four. So he was still pretty young. Yeah, I was twenty-six. And so then he says, uh, "Oh, what are we gonna do now?" You know. So I was like, "Oh, I'll take you to this place. Everybody goes there. You, you know." Now that you're with the Bruins, you'll probably be going there. It's it's a well-known place. So we went to Daisy's. Oh, yeah. And I went to Daisy's with you once. Yeah. A long time ago. Uh, more yeah. than once. Yeah. And so we spent the night there. And, uh, uh, you know, all of my friends were working there then. They're still friends, uh, lifelong friends. And so I ended up sleeping on his floor. You know, we got a cab back to Brookline. Uh, he was living in someone's uh, attic <laughs> and I slept on the floor and uh, it was just a small space. It was nice, but it was small. And so the next morning I get up and I was like all achy and I get none. I was like, oh, I got to go to work. It was a game today because um, it was a weekend series. And um, he's like, oh, all right. And he didn't want to get up. He was pretty lit and yeah a little hungover and he's like oh here he's like, i, I want to give you something i want to give you the stick and actually the stick is right up there right now right behind the bar oh yeah and uh i was like who is this I, kid why do i want this guy's stick just because i'm a future hall of famer <laughs> and the president so, of the boston bruins yeah and then you know the next it might have been that next night sunday night after the game you know, when you're young, you go back out the next night. I think we were out again the next night at Daisy's, yeah. possibly, and and we just became friends. And then, uh, uh, 
you know, I got to know his family and then his brother Scott moved out and his dad was out here. He was sick coming for the cancer treatments. And yeah. We would take care of uh, Cam. So um, Cam's mom had passed away. So his dad would come out for different lengths of time. Yeah. Cam lived in Winchester. And um, he had, you know, some injuries, as you know, yep. knees and whatnot. And so we'd take different shifts. Um, and I would go over and stay with Cam and he'd be in this um, mobilizer device that would move your leg. Yeah, kind of moves the knee while you're you going right in. Yeah. yeah. So he was on a couch for like weeks. And um, so between me, Scott and his dad. Uh, you know, we would take him, nurse him back, take him to his appointments and, uh, make him food and whatnot. And we had a lot of parties over that house. Uh, LB, of course, and Michael oh. J. Fox. And yeah. We had some, uh, he's a huge fan. Yeah. We Michael had J. some big nights over there, but, uh, so that was pretty cool. I was uh, out one night with, uh, LB and, um, Greg Hill doing shots in my hometown. <laughs> Just stumbled upon him. He's like, hey, I, I knew Greg because he was from the next town over, worked out yeah. the same gym, and LB was there. LB was, he was so much fun. He's just like, what's up, buddy? Come on over, have some shots. I'm like, oh, yeah. okay. I think he's right there. His picture's right there. Uh, how about the Cam story, though? I mean, you really look at where the man has gone and what he's done also for this city. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. And uh, you were there through all of that. That's some exciting stuff. Yeah, all those milestone games. And, uh, you know, it got so, uh, you know, I would use his tickets for like every game. And um, uh, he had great seats. They were behind the home net and they were the very last section of the loge right in the middle. Yeah. So um, it was a milestone game. And um, uh, so if you weren't sitting in those seats, um, you could see the boards. It was right behind the net. So if you scored a goal and you looked up, you could see, you could see yourself. seats. It wasn't yeah. like, oh, where are the seats? It was yeah. the last row right in the middle, right over the goalie, you know? So, yeah. and whatever that was, 20 something rows up, it was very easy to spot. Anyways, uh, it was a big milestone game. He scored a, I don't know if it was 50th goal or whatever, but, um, we went down to the blades and boards and there's people looking in the window. <laughs> They're like, are you open for business? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, I don't know what they're doing. I think they just want to take a picture of us because they see uh, what's going on. Look at she's, She says, can you wave? Sure, we can wave. Why not? That's what it's all about. Have a little bit of fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cute. And so... Uh, we went to the blades and boards and we didn't go back for the third period and we missed the goal. And, um, so after the game, we're downstairs, me and one of his chums from back home and we're like, Oh, he come out after the game and we're like, Oh, that was awesome. Just incredible. Was it? He's like, what are you talking about? We're like, what? <laughs> like you, you didn't see it. You weren't in the seats. Uh, like what? What? He's like, I looked up, you weren't in the seats. <laughs> I'm like, we saw it on TV, though. We, yeah, he's just, I was getting the beer. blades and oh, <laughs> we were down in the club. We didn't come back up. That was the old garden. And uh, he's like, you bastards. 
I remember the old the old uh, boards and blades. You yeah. and I had gone to a game one night. It was in the cold winter months, and we go over to we went to the game. We wound up getting reseated down low, and we wound up in the boards and blades afterwards. And it was just getting started. And I go up to the bar to get a beer, and there's like some cameras like they are here next to me, and there was nobody there. And all of a sudden, two men came down and sat down. It was Heinzen and Kuzi, and I was there alone with them. And I'm like. Can, can I shake your hand? I'm like, sure, young fella, come sit up here. I was sitting there thinking, this is yeah. awesome. Holy yeah. moly. Those legends, when they just show up, it's like, what? Yeah. As a matter of fact, the picture right there, uh, good friend Mike Gorman, oh, sure. voice of the Celtics, and Tommy Heinsohn, we had their uh, 30th anniversary. I don't know if you're aware of it, but they're the longest running yeah. tandem. tandem in sports, uh, longer than John Madden and Pat Summerall. Um, really? Yeah, so now that was the thirtieth, and that was like six years ago. So yeah, yeah. Then they're still going, they're still going. You know? So Tommy's uh, a painter, isn't he? Pretty incredible. And uh, yeah, I guess I guess so. I He's mean, into a something. Of, a lot of people paint uh, George Bush Jr., which is another story. Yeah, but uh, they had their party here that night, and you know Tommy stayed and had beers with the staff, and you know. Another like, just uh, awesome. decent guy, you know, you know? talking to people. I went Old to, uh, I think it was uh Montreal series against uh, the Bruins early nineties, 91, 92. I can't remember what year it was. And um, so I go to the game and I'm with this girl that I had been dating. She was the daughter of Tommy Williams again. So Tommy got us the tickets in the loge. We're sitting there having a great time. Me and my buddy, Mike, he was with us. And Robin looks at me and says, Oh, there's Milt. Let's go say hi. I'm like, Milt. Like, not Milt, like Milt Schmidt. She goes, yeah, yeah, come on, let's go. And of course, she knew him as a little kid growing up as one of the, the kids of one of the big bad Bruins that he yeah. was that he was coaching or dealing with at the time. So I went down and I meet this man out of nowhere. And I'm like, <laughs> again, I, I'm speechless. I'm like, this is Milt Schmidt, man. What are we talking about? So back in the old garden, um, they had the alumni room. Now they have the alumni booth where you can watch the game and it's on the top level, ninth floor. You know, great vantage point. Yeah. But back in the day, in the old garden, they had the alumni room, and it was very small. It had a bar. Um, this guy, Frank, was the bartender in there. And um, you would go in there after a game, and Cam would be like, all right, I'll meet you in there. And you'd go in, and you'd have your pass. Um, and you'd be in there with Bobby Orr and Johnny Busick and Derek Sanderson and, on, and any of those guys. and. Rocket Richard, you know, if there was visitors, yeah. visiting players in, but just, you know, Terry O'Reilly or whoever. Yeah. Anyone would be in there. And it was just so small. And the, literally the cases of beer were like stacked, stacked along up. the wall. It was a small room. <laughs> yeah. And uh, just incredible memories of doing that cool stuff. And I, you know, I, most people don't save, but I have every ticket stub, every pass that was ever written, every parking pass, every playoff credential, whether it was baseball or a Stanley Cup or where do you have those Super John? Bowls? Uh, they're in a big box. I have a big box big at home. Box. Every concert I've ever been to, every, I mean everything. Yeah, I've kept it other than. Well, high school Super Bowls I've kept, but, uh, you know, high school games over the years, yeah. I didn't keep those. And, uh, and movie tickets I didn't keep. But every concert I've ever been, it, it's pretty amazing when you go through and I dump the box out 
and uh, I have a little competition with uh, my class president, uh, this guy Johnny De Christopher, who used to uh, be with uh, Zildjian Symbols. Which Symbols, yeah. Over the stairs right there, there's a Zildjian uh, Johnny gave me. It's signed by uh, nice. Aerosmith. Oh. Uh, symbol right over the stairs, right around the corner here. And um, and so we had a little competition. Uh, and I don't know. I think I won. but uh, And then I have all the credentials, you know, on plastic, you know. With yeah. The, all the stuff that goes the lanyard. with it. So um, good memories anyway, keeping all that. So I have, you know, every pass that Johnny Busick ever wrote me. Yeah. Uh, for well, anything. And he's quite the memories. legend. What is he, 84 now? Yeah, 84 or 5. And, he's still uh, going. Gosh darn. Great guy. <laughs> and I never thought I'd just, I just talked to Derek Sanderson a couple of weeks ago. And uh, yeah, I mean, these guys were my my boys, Johnny. Yeah. Louis Tiansky and Louis. We did a book signing with Louis last summer at Fenway. And, uh, you know, just the memories with these guys. And I've heard you say more than Sam once. and Frank yeah. Malzone. If you read the messages, Clemens. they're quite funny. Yeah. Uh, I know some of the messages by heart. Great um, pictures of Ted Williams, though. Those are wonderful, especially yeah. the young ones. Frank Malzone right above my head here. Yeah. Uh, to John, save some food for me. <laughs> we would always <laughs> eat in the dining room. He said I ate a lot. Who's that guy next to him? Uh, uh, oh, Bill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's my Bill guy. Belichick. Good guy. Yeah. That was the first Super Bowl. Rocky Blyer. Uh, I was fortunate enough to meet a bunch of times. I would go out to Pittsburgh a lot. Because you were a Pittsburgh fan early on in your life, weren't you? I mean, I think everyone was a Pittsburgh. I mean, I was a Patriots fan. My dad had tickets since the inception of the team, 40 tickets. He was honored one game with Sam Cunningham. Um, He went down on the field. They gave him a big plaque. A plaque and a football signed by the team. He had the most tickets for the longest time. I got to see him at Harvard Stadium. Yeah. Uh, BC, BU, um, Fenway Park, uh, way back. Rocky Blyer, isn't there a story and, about him? What is his story? Well, he was a Vietnam veteran, Vietnam. got injured, wasn't supposed to walk again, and yeah. ended up, you know, going to a couple Kicking Super Bowls. And, <laughs> so he was roommates with Jack Lambert, and he said, uh, so when he knew I had known Jack, I, I got to know Jack a little through the Steelers, and uh, another friend from Pittsburgh was friendly with him. And he said, take down Lambert's picture. That was his message. So, <laughs> Yeah, they're all just somebody's brother, you know. It's like yeah. they're all kind of goofy and crazy. You know, the first night you and I met was at uh, the Orpheum, and you were with Cam's brother. Yeah, Scotty, yeah. yeah. I was with him a couple months ago. Yeah, I think I had to follow you home that night. Oh. You needed a little help navigating your way back towards Melrose. Wow. Could be. And then all this memorabilia was in your apartment. Before Ubers. Yeah. And I walked in. I said, what the heck's you got in here? Yeah. Extreme. They're up uh, around the corner. Around the corner. Yeah. And then there's one. We're down on the we're down on the parquet. Uh, Gary was going to sing. Uh, I actually National anthem. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, I think I arranged that. He hadn't sang for them. And I got him in. And we were down on the parquet before we got a nice picture and it's it's over there on the wall don't you have a great singing voice john why don't you sing the national anthem 
Yeah, not so, not so much. Not so much. That's not your. That's not your thing. Sang a Daisy's late night with everybody. <laughs> I've seen some of that. My mother laughed. Uh, I was. I think I mentioned earlier that my mom said hi to you because she loves you, but she said, um, "I can still remember him. I got pictures of him at your wedding, singing and dancing." I said, "Yeah, that sounds like John. Mm. <laughs> you had a little somebody you had your eye on that day. A little mm. Bobby haircut. She was cute." I was like, "John, you had a ball that day." Matter of fact, mm. you had to have somebody open Fenway. I think. Maybe Glenn or somebody at the time, like, uh, okay. Because oh, wow. you kept saying to me, I don't know if I can come because of, you know, we got a game. It's on yeah. Saturday. But you actually did come, had a great time, and then off to the park you went. It was probably late. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. You know, one thing that I've really, if I can throw a little bluster at you, it's that, that humility is powerful. But you seem to deliver it in moments that make the little guy feel like he's somebody. And that's really awesome. Do you remember last year when you took, you allowed my daughter and I to take pictures of your World Series ring? That was one of the coolest things. And she was blown away. And then when I posted it, I didn't tell anybody where it came from, but they were like, oh my God, there were so many people hitting that saying, where did you get that? I'm like, that's the kind of stuff you do. My friend Shoney, this big guy, he came out to visit me and you and I had party with him at one point. And I said to him, I got to go to a seminar. So you're going to the game. So you got him a ticket to the game. And off he went by himself to a Red Sox game. As the game got over, he met up with me. He goes, you won't believe what happened. What? I spent the whole afternoon with Peter Gammons. I go, Peter Gammons? What are you talking about? He goes, yeah, John came down and said, come on, there's nobody in the booth upstairs. Why don't you go sit up there? So I got up there. There was no one there. I walked out onto the, onto the outside edge and there's a guy sitting there. So I sit down and look over. It's Peter Gammons. He goes, we sat there for four or five innings talking about baseball and all kinds of stuff. He goes, what a time. <laughs> I goes, hey, that John's all right. I go, yeah, he's definitely all right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's that humility. And I have to say that over and over for people who are listening who may not know you as well as others. It's that sense of humility that you will help anybody at any time as you've got that loyalness to you. And it just resonates. And I believe wholeheartedly that's why these businesses have gone as as well as they have because people come in because of the great food because of the great alcohol and the great times but everybody that knows you was looking for you when they walk in the door especially my kids sunday brunch we came here for the reggae brunch yeah they were so excited my daughter was like i got the best photos with her the more laughs we get up and we danced if you haven't experienced reggae brunch man you, you definitely got to get down here and do this yeah i look forward to having it again yeah Hopefully. Well, I can, you know, obviously you and me both, we're business people. I've been in my business 30 years and it'll suck the life out of you when somebody or something threatens it, obviously. Yeah. But we can really get caught up in our head with that. And, you know, I'm happy that we had a chance to sit here and just talk about stuff that's happened in our past. That's good. It has meaning. And I think people at home will like it. Better times, maybe. Yeah. And, you know, how many more times... Are we going to have when we get past this? Yeah. Johnny's is going to rock again. The Bruins are going to win another cup. The Celtics will win again. It's just repeat. It's like, put it on repeat. Somebody's going to make this happen. So Yeah, we certainly hope so. I, I mean, thought- it's, the longer it goes, the, the harder it is. You know, I'm always optimist and positive, but. Yeah. Yeah. There's some things you just can't control. Nobody knows how far this will go. And, you know, we need people. And if we don't have people, it's. It ain't going. Tough to. Yeah. I, 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 I hope that, and I don't hope, I know this is going to happen. It's just going to be a nice warm day somewhere in the next couple of months. This is going to start to be behind us. 
We're going to party again. We're going to turn the music on, get the lights going. We're going to sing Sweet Caroline in here, whatever it takes. Oh, not that. Sorry, buddy. (laughs) Something that moves us, you know. I'm still hearing. I wish they'd play that again. You know, I love those things. But I did want to say thank you, man, just so much for an opportunity for me to get out. I love podcasting and I just enjoy talking to real people about real stuff that make, that really means something to everybody. So, yeah. you know, having said that, I want to say thank you so much for, for coming on today on the Daily Inspirational Podcast. And no, I'm um, happy to be here and I appreciate you asking me. And- yeah, John, I really appreciate it. And anybody else out there, as soon as this thing lifts, let's rock and roll. We'll get the sports yeah. back, we'll get these bars rolling and we'll have some more future laughs. Yeah, let's hope so. You bet. We need it. You know it. (laughs) All right, Johnny, I'll talk to you soon, buddy. Thank you, buddy. Ciao.